the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Good morning to you on this fourth Sunday of the Great Lent. The homily this morning is about the power of good over evil. Do we believe that? Do we believe that good is more powerful than evil? I would like to for us to keep in mind this verse as we go through the lesson and look at other verses. The Son of Man will be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and after he is killed, he will rise on the third day. The main point that I would like to make is this. After the greatest glory and praise and honor that the world can give us, we must be prepared to take up our cross. It just always follows. After the greatest glory, praise, and honor that the world can give us, we must be prepared to take up the cross. I would like to read uh, three short passages uh, to you from uh, St. Nikolai that kind of sets a stage for this. He says that from the beginning of the world and of time, all peoples on earth have believed that the spiritual world exists and that invisible spirits are real. Many people, though, have been led astray in this, ascribing greater power to evil spirits than to good ones, and have, with the passing of time, deified the evil spirits, building temples to them, bringing sacrifices and prayers and looking to them for all things. Would you, would you say that when you uh, read or listen to or see the daily news that you believe like these people? that evil is more powerful than good. We can't give in to this. When the Lord Jesus appeared on earth, virtually all peoples believed in the power of evil and the weakness of good. Evil powers were truly holding sway over the world, and so Christ himself called the leader of this world the prince of the power of this world. The leaders of the Jews even ascribed all of Christ's divine works to the demons and their power. Every single miracle he performed, they said, the demons helped you do that. The Lord Jesus came into this world to break asunder and uproot the weak 
belief of men in evil and to sow belief in good in their souls. Belief in the almighty power of good and in this invincibility and enduring nature of good. And so this was the tendency. Everyone believed evil was more powerful than good. Jesus came into the world to flip that around and say good is more powerful than evil. And we need for him to do this for us today. He says, this world, St. Nikolai, this world is a world of mixed powers. This world is a battleground on which men have consciously and voluntarily, they have to choose. They have to choose to follow Christ the victor or to follow impure and defeated demons. Christ came as the lover of mankind to show the power of good over evil and to confirm men's belief in good and in good alone. Now let's take a closer look at a couple of verses here. Jesus uh, asked the boys, the paralytic's father, how long has this been happening? And he said, from childhood, and it often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have pity on us and help us. St. Nikolai is not kind to this comment. The Father's weak faith is clear from the words to Christ. He does not speak as the leper did. Lord, if thou will, thou can clean me, make me clean. There speaks a man of strong faith. Neither does he speak like Prince Jairus when he called on Christ to raise his daughter to life. Come and lay your hands on her and she shall live. He also speaks like a man of strong faith. Still less does this father speak like the centurion in Capernaum whose servant was sick and he, he said, speak only the word and my servant will be healed. Here speaks very great faith. But the one with the greatest faith says nothing but only draws near to Christ and holds grasp of them the hem of his garment like the woman with the issue of blood. She didn't say anything. She just grabbed. But this father does not act or speak like these people, but he says, if thou canst do anything, help us. If thou canst do anything? This poor man, he must know very, very little about Christ's power to speak in this way to him, who can do all things. His weak faith even further weakened the apostles' power to help him. And the wicked calumnies of the scribes against Christ and his disciples also contributed to this. If thou canst do anything, 
this reveals only a pale gleam of faith, a very, very small and easily extinguished But Jesus healed the boy anyway. And he took him by the hand and he lifted him up and he arose. Look at how many things that the Lord Jesus does all at once, all in one action. One good thing was he restored the child to health. So why not do other things? Why not confirm the faith of the lad's father? I mean, it was weak, really weak, but he did it anyway. So he's confirming this man's little tiny faith. And why not at the same time do a third good, to show his power as strongly as possible so that men would believe in him? And why not do a fourth good, to denounce the unbelief and the corruption and the groveling attitude of men to evil, evil spirits and sin. And why not do a fifth and a sixth and a seventh and all the good that one good deed calls forth? For one good work always brings many others in its train. There really is something, I think, to paying it forward beyond what we can see and beyond what we know. And so what might we learn today from this lesson? What might we be reminded of? Let us learn this lesson today. That we must be prepared for the worst and hardest blows and humiliations even from those to whom we have been the greatest help. The person closest to you may be the one who turns on you. Let us be reminded that in the end it will all be resurrection and victory and eternal glory. We have to keep the end game in mind. This is, this is our journey to Pascha. Right? We have to endure the cross first, but it's the journey to Pascha. It is the journey to resurrection. Let us be reminded to regard all worldly glory and all human praise as mere nothingness. And may we never make a parade of what we've done for people or what we've done for our town or our nation. Neither may we rebel when suffering presses on us. Let us be humble and obedient in all things to our Heavenly Father. For all that He sends to us for our salvation. What does He send to us for our salvation? when he sends suffering after worldly glory, when he sends humiliation after praise, when he sends poverty after riches, when he sends scorn after adulation, 
when he sends sickness after health, when he sends loneliness and isolation after a host of friends, why? Because God knows why he sends these things to us. And he knows it's for our own good. At least three reasons. First, so that we might seek eternal and unfading values. Second, so that we might not receive all the rewards for our good works and labors from men and in this life, and so that we might store up rewards in heaven. And third, because this is the way Jesus walked. He was totally humble and obedient toward his heavenly Father. He did not avoid poverty, suffering, humiliation, scorn, lowliness, abandonment, and crucifixion. You remember the way of the Beatitudes. We sang the Beatitudes this morning. Poverty of spirit, mourning over our sins, meekness and humility, hunger and thirst for righteousness, showing mercy to others, purity of heart, making peace. And do you remember where this road, where this path leads after we've done all these good things? Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Persecuted when you do the right thing. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely for my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. After the greatest glory, praise, and honor that the world can give us, we must be prepared to take up our cross. Let us pray. Lord Jesus Christ, our God, help us to prepare our hearts to believe that the only way to defeat the evils that surround us in this fallen world is the way of the cross. And may all glory and praise be given unto thee, the resurrector of our life, together with the Father and the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen.